Baptism for Life Under the Sun. So if you're new, uh, this year we've been going through um, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Job, been studying some of the wisdom literature for teenagers, how to apply it to your lives. Advance is next month. I'm really excited about the messages. You're going to get a new series for next year where we're going through an overview of the storyline of the Bible. So we're going to begin at the beginning of the story with creation. We're going to work our way over the year all the way to the end of the story, the new heavens and the new earth. And so my goal next year is by the end of the year of Relay, you're going to have an understanding kind of the the Bible. You'll, you'll understand where you are in the story. And so tonight, with some new families and new sixth graders here, I wanted to talk a little bit about the goal of Relay. So for some of you, this might be a reminder. For others, this is new. But I think for all of us, from time to time, it's just good to be reminded of the goal of what to give our lives for God's kingdom and God's purposes and what God, how God created things and what his call is on families, on parents and teenagers. And so we call our youth ministry Relay because it's a picture of a relay race. It's a picture of one runner generation to the next. So it's, it's called that because our goal is for parents to pass the baton of the gospel to their children. And we want to help as a church. We want to come alongside and be a part of that and champion your role as parents in your teens' lives. We want to cheer for you and help you pass the baton. Passing the baton, trickiest part of a, passing the baton, watching videos this week of relay races and relay races. And they're running at full speed as fast as they can and pass this little window where this, this runner is going full speed ahead and this runner is at a standstill and they have to time it perfectly where this runner starts running and this runner starts slowing dashing the baton before they get to the next line so that that runner can take off and run. And as I was watching these videos, I found one video uh, that wasn't so great. It was the 2019 World Championship and it was the Chinese women's relay team and they kind of had a disaster uh, passing the baton. We actually have a video for you of this moment. Four. Jamaica on the inside crown, women's 100 meter and 200. You've got the in this race. Final of the women's four by 100 away. Team USA in lane seven, all in blue third from the right. Nice start for Desiree Brown of the United States, but Jaman trying to keep pace in the United States. Down the back stretch. Look at her. I love how some people are laughing and my wife is like, oh, she feels empathy. She feels so bad for them. But I don't, I watched that and I was like, 
And then they went back, and they just had to go past, they missed the handle line, but they went past the next yellow line, which actually can't hand it off before that yellow line. So I think one was trying to hand it off, and then it was like, no, I can't take it right now. And she handed it anyway, and then she thought, no, I got to come back. And then I just left. She goes, just run, just go, you know. Uh, But it, it made me see how hard it is within that little window to hand off something like a baton in a relay race. That's like the most important moment in the race is getting that right. And it just made me think, how much more important is it for us as parents and as a church to get these teen years right to pass the gospel to the next generation? You know, like we, we want of the gospel of Jesus to us. Uh, this is week, an author that was Jesus Christ. It's the best news, like gospel as good news was saying, you know, we, that's even the best translation of the word gospel. It's not just good news. It's, it's like the greatest news this planet has ever heard. It is amazing news. It is awe-inspiring news that the Lord has entrusted to us. And we have the privilege, most important message in the universe. We have the privilege of passing it on to the next generation. That's what Relay is all about. And I've been reading and studying a section of Deuteronomy which is all about passing the baton to the next generation. I want to highlight a few of ministry, I think, that are applicable to us. Deuteronomy chapter as a youth ministry here tonight. So open Bibles. Uh, teens, I'd always encourage chapter 6, if you have your, to bring a notepad with you, uh, to bring a way to write down notes. When you come to church on Sunday, you come to relay, things like that, always have a way to write things down uh, so you can remember things that maybe the Lord might speak to you from his word at moments like this. Deuteronomy is written at his final and probably greatest sermon. This is a sermon from Moses. And this is the moment right before Israel. So if you study the Old Testament, this is the moment right before Israel is going to go in and take possession to them, promised land. And Moses' goal as he's at was, is there's been one generation encountered God at Mount, you know, rescued from Satan. They're kind of making their way to the promised land, but there's a younger generation that's coming in behind them who they've grown up in the desert. And Moses is instructing them how he wants this from one generation to the next. He wants them to transfer their knowledge of God from one generation to the next. Sounds like relay, right? And he addresses here both parents and teens because both generations have a role to play in this transfer of this good news about God. And so I'm going to address kind of at the end. We're going to end two minutes of the message, and then I'm going to address end tonight just praying together. And tonight, we usually do a discussion that the Lord would unite our hearts to fear His together as family. Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4. This is God's word for us. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God and with all your might. What Jesus said is the greatest commandment, to love God. That's the greatest commandment. He's saying you shall love the Lord your God. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them sit in your house your children and shall talk of them when you lie down and, and when you walk by the way. There's some specific applicant when you the first generation the parents so i want for parents here at relay tonight there is a command both in the old testament 
and the New Testament that you are given by God to transfer your knowledge of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to your children. And this is not um, some legalistic, guilt-laden command. It flows out of their love for God. It's because of all that God has done for them He wants to remind them of this. We're going to talk about this in a second. He wants to remind them, this is what, pass this on for you. Tell your children what the Lord about this and tell them to them. Speak about this. God is, according to them, how good. This is the parent's primary responsibility, Um, which is why we structure Relay the way we do, because we want to champion what the Bible explicitly calls you to. We want to help you and we want to come alongside of you and and we want to encourage teens to listen to you and to hear what God has done in your life. Nobody, there's just no way around it. That has been proven true over and over. You're going to have the greatest impact on your kids. Have you guys seen those commercials? The ones that say, we can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money on car insurance? I think those are some of the funniest commercials. And my favorite one is the one as well. So show them the elevator. Here goes nothing. But for a young owner becoming their parents, it's a learning opportunity. Come on in. The more the merrier. Paris, huh? Bonjour. We got any out-of-towners in the elevator? Tom, it is not easy. Ten floor, huh? Must be a heck of a view. Yes, but we can't see you. That was terrible. I love that. And I think all of those are so funny. It's a great marketing idea. We can't save you from becoming your parents. And teens, uh, I hate to tell you this, but you're going to end up like your parents. Okay? And the goal in Relay is to make you like your parents. Actually, not only can we not save you from becoming your parents, but our goal is your parents. You just like them. And right now, you may be like, oh, no. Like, that, listen, that doesn't mean you have to be in the elevator like your dad is in the elevator, okay? It doesn't mean you have to do the same job. You have to do everything the same way as your parents. But Scripture's clear. Faith, their love. Um, how much they love the Lord, they imitate the, how they followed God with their lives. We want you to be like your parents, which means, parents, you have to share your faith, your love for God, what the Lord has done in your life. And our goal as a ministry is we want to create, and what is God doing, and what is, we can talk about these things, where we talk about life, and we can share testimony, what is God saying his word, and what's families together, instead of separating needs, and, and we want together, so you can do what scripture calls you to do. This is a major theme, uh, especially in Deuteronomy 4 through 12. I've just seen over and over and over, Moses keeps telling them, tell your children, teach your children, Tell them what the Lord can see it with their eyes. Tell them about God. This is the explicit command on parents to transfer this to the next generation. Another theme in Deuteronomy for parents is to sing as I read, get what God has done. Over and over. Read through this. He reminds, he tells them this over and getful, aren't we? And I think the reason is where you walk into a room and you know you had a purpose, but you forget why you were in that room. Sometimes I retrace my steps and I'm like, okay, I was here and I got a sip of water and it made me think about something. 
Okay, still not coming. Okay, I walked into, what was I going to do? You know, we're just forgetful people. Our tendency, actually, the tendency of all, for, of all sinful people is to forget the works of God. We can forget what God has done in our lives. We can grow, can act like we did. We can grow legalistic. Um, when God saved us or we did something that we were more righteous than we, to remember what God, we were somehow better and it, what God has done in your life. Don't forget your testimony. Don't forget your salvation, where you were, what you were like, uh, how desperate and lonely and miserable you were in your sin. Don't forget the grace of God. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 9, I think we have this for you. He tells him this. He, he says this a bunch of times. But he says, only diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. Don't forget. Which means, teens, your parents are called to, which is why they say the same thing over and over and over. They're trying not to forget it. And they're wanting to say, you're like, I've heard this. Yes, I've heard this story. Well, they're, they're, they're testifying about God's grace in their life. Because Moses is concerned, they're going to forget. They're going to forget what God has done. Which made me think, thinking through these passages, he tells them this over and over and over. Especially later in chapters uh, 9, 10, and 11. He keeps telling them, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. And I was just thinking about what these people had seen. And I, I thought, how could you forget that? I mean, think about the Exodus. God delivered them from slaves over. When they put the plagues and these miracles, the, and then the firstborn of Ed, the blood over their deer was slain to death, and the whole land, every person, and, and they knew God did this. And our house with the blood over the doorposts of the lamb it didn't happen to us. God passed over us and he did this to the Egyptians for keeping us in slavery and not letting us go. And then they go giving them goods as they go, which God said would happen. And you remember Pharaoh's army is coming and chasing them and traps them. And God parts the Red Sea in front of them and they pass every single one of them. And as the Pharaoh's army follows them the sea crashes in and wipes them away and then it's covered in smoke and flames and from the smoke and the flames they hear the voice of God speaking to them from the mountain how do you forget that I mean here I, I wonder how do you forget that but he's concerned they're gonna forget and I started thinking about this and everything they saw What's more amazing than all those miracles and the parting of the Red Sea and Mount Sinai is God sent his own son, God himself, to die on a cross for sins. And he rose again three days later. That is a greater thing. And I've been saved by that. The gospel, the good news of the gospel, I can forget that at times. Born again, I'm a new Christian. I can be thinking, oh, it's something I did. Times. I, when, I, when I look at my, my teens or I look at others, or how could you do that? I'm forgetting how much God has done in my life and what he has saved me from. And so he's telling parents here, don't forget. Don't forget what God has saved you from. I don't want to forget, but I don't want to forget because you're so far ahead of where I was. 
Man, I want to remember that. God's been so good in your life. And I was so lost. I was so dead in my sin. And I don't want to forget what God has done for me. Happen is you're going to six. He actually tells them, it's going to be a beautiful place. And God's going to go into this promised land. And you're going to forget. God is going to be so good. And what God did to get you here. And then you're going to grow proud. And he warns them about this over and over. In chapter 8, verse 17. He says, beware. Lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. That's our temptation. You know, we can forget where we came from and what God has done for us. And it's good to remember that because teens, I don't know if you've done this. Teens, have you ever looked at old pictures of your parents? mustache high school and they had like the long hair and that's when they were teenagers that won't grow in all the way that little trash teenagers and they had braces and they're awkward or and uh you're like you know how because we look at our parents sometimes and we're like man I, I can't be like that you know they're like mature and my dad's diligent my mom's diligent they work hard and they're godly and it, they haven't always been like that, okay? They were awkward and confusing and, and a lot in their life. And so it's just good to remember what the Lord has done and how good he is and how gracious he is. And so for parents, Deuteronomy is going to keep calling you to transferring and not forget the good news about God to your children. Telling them, I understand what God has done and telling them, stand. I understand. I get it. I get why you I totally get why you would struggle with that. And I remember that. And I remember God did this work in my life and he set me free by his spirit. And I remember that temptation. And I remember how hard that was as a teenager. It's just good to remember those things. So parents, there's a call on your life to impart to the next generation the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want to, he also speaks to the next generation. It speaks to you. You have a role to play in this relay race. Okay, they're running full speed and they're passing the baton, but you have to, you have to grab it and you have to take off running and you have to own your faith and you have to receive this testimony about God. You have to, you have to receive into the Lord to listen to what God has done, to listen to these testimonies, to listen to their parents and that generation that went before them and, and to hear all these things that God has done and to receive it into your heart, the good news of the gospel. He wants your parents to tell you the good news, but you have to listen and you have to receive. Now, O Israel, listen. It's a great word, okay? A great word for teens. Listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you and do them that you may live. You have to receive it and you have to, you have to obey God's word. You have to receive the baton of the gospel and run with it. You know, you have to listen anymore and just kind of see on counsel to learn. Apply it to your life. There's a transition happening in your life. I know for sixth graders, because you're not going to be in children's ministry anymore. So you're coming into the Sunday sermons. Okay, and I was thinking about this. It's different. I know it's hard at first. It's, it's hard because you're used to playing games, you know, and Mr. Meth has tons of fun. And then you come into the Sunday sermon and you're sitting there quietly. You know, where's the game? And are we going to have like some, like, are we going to get up and run and like play Foursquare up there or something? Like, no, you're going to sit and you're going to sit under God's word 
being pretty to 45 minutes. And you have to learn how about this pastor has worked all week studying God's word. And he's been praying and digging in and working hard. And, and he's trying to, to, to bring God's word to bear in my life as a sixth grader. And I want to listen. And I want to listen to my life. And how does this apply? And, and the, the pastor's not going to give an application for every single segment of the church. So you have to think this is God's word and principles. How do I receive this and learn from this and run with this? So you're going to have to grow a little bit in applying God's word to your life. And teens, I want to make sure you know, faith, you're not born, is not hereditary. Born as a sinner, born with faith, sin inherited, you are born as an, you're born God. And you need the spirit to make your heart alive, to give you faith. You have to believe. You have to respond to God's word. You have to repent of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ, okay? That's not something Jesus did. I know, I know you're wrestling with sin and you're angry right now, but Jesus died for that anger. And if you turn from that sin and you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can be forgiven. You can be set free. You don't have to be angry the rest of your life. You don't have to have this temper and throw a temper fit. You can. You have to be forgiven. And when you hear that, pray to God and say, Lord, to respond. You have to, from my anger and my sin, Lord, forgive me. I want to turn. You have to own your faith and repent of your sins. Those are things you have to do to respond to God's word. Your parents can be examples for you. They can teach you. They can exhort you. They can encourage you. They can correct you. But you have to take ownership for the teens that come into Relay. And some of you have already done this, but I know some of you haven't yet. And you've probably always grown up hearing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and there's a transition time in middle school and into high school. I've have to own you where you wrestle with doubt and you wrestle with years that when you grow your faith, and my prayer is, oh, no, I believe in Jesus. Graduate. I know what Scripture says about me. I know who God is. I go into the college years or the workforce, and I know who I am, and I'm confident in God's Word, and I'm confident in what God has done for me. That's been my prayer every year for sixth graders come in. They come in, I pray by the end, they would own their faith and, and repent and trust in Jesus. It's like driving a car, you know, where when you're little, Maybe you have a little toy car and you're driving around. Or sometimes you sit on your parents' lap and, and you feel like you're driving the car, you know, and dad's hands are on the steering wheel right here, kind of helping you out. And there's a point where they teach you and they show you, here's how the car works and here's what you have to do and here's how you check your blind spot. You don't look that way. You got to look that way for cars, you know. Like one of my kids was learning to drive and we pulled up to a roundabout and they were just looking to the right. And I was just watching them. I was like, what are they looking at? Like, there's, you will never go forward. You got to look that way, you know? And so you, your parents teach you these things, but eventually you have your license and you're driving and you're going by with our faith. Parents, they show you and they can teach you, but at some point, you're, you're going to take the wheel. You have to decide is, you know, is, is, did Jesus die for my sins? And have I put my faith in him for salvation and forgiveness. And so Moses in Deuteronomy is telling the next generation, you hear these things and you got to know that you have to receive them. 
Your parents saw these amazing things happen. That's the God. I'm you about them. And you have to think, man, God is amazing. And I want to in their ship that God. That's the God I'm going to follow all my days. You have to make a decision to follow Christ and follow God. And there's a temptation. I think all teenagers experience this, but there's a temptation to be skeptical. Sometimes it's just doubt where you wrestle with things. I think that's good. But there's also a temptation I've seen because I experienced it as a teenager to be skeptical, to want to pave your own path, go your own way. I, I specifically remember that I know as a teenager where I remember having that thing girl thought. I was like talking to no more than my parents. I mean, this is amazing. I'm 13 and I know more than my parents. I about something and I was like, you know, I knew the day would come. I didn't know I was this smart, but I'm really smart. And I know more than them, you know. I'm more informed. I'm cooler than they are. I have a better taste in music than they do, you know. Like, the day has come. I've surpassed my parents. I mean, I thought you're going to be tempted to think, oh, I know better. I know the better way for me. Let me just tell you, we just studied Proverbs and wisdom literature. That's pride. Okay, that is arrogance. I just want to call it what it is. When you have that thought, that is because it's an enemy and arrogance, okay? And you have to fight that soul to think that way. Enemy, it'll harm your soul. It howled, and I didn't listen to my parents because of that. And that will harm your soul. It doesn't mean your parents are right 100% of the time. They're not. Um, but it means you need to listen to them. Take their counsel. Don't think you need to. If, if the parents of the one generation's temptation is to forget what God did in their life, your temptation is to be proud and to think you don't need to receive from them this message about God. Fight that temptation. Okay, receive. Be a learner. Listen. Don't be a skeptic. The last thing, I think, and the last thing, this is where I'll finish tonight, means is to, I think that Deuteronomy would ask a lot of questions. This is Deuteronomy chapter 6, to ask questions. He says, he's kind of speaking to the parents, but he says, when your son ask you in time to come, what is, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statues and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? He's telling parents, when your kids come and they say, what's the meaning behind this? Why do these things? It's natural as a teenager to, to ask the question, why? Uh, we, I want to encourage that. I encourage that in relay. I love when you come and you ask questions. It's not going to offend me. If you say, why do we do this as a, why do we do this? Why do we do baptism? Why do we do communion? Why do we sing this many um, uh, high school? It's one of the reasons we have Brenner. So when you, I think we've been doing it for, we have something we call Brenner. So hundreds of teens have come through where the whole agenda is we make a ton of pancakes. We eat pancakes for dinner and we just ask questions. And you write them on a piece of paper. It's one of my favorite things because I love hearing your questions. Sometimes they're so good. There's so many times I think, Man, I haven't, just last Brenner, there was a question. I was like, I've never thought about that. That's a weird thought sometimes. And we'll talk about those things like, do demons have bodies? And if angels have bodies, do demons have bodies? And I'm like, that's a really good question. And no, but here's why. And, um, but I love your questions. And I think Deuteronomy would encourage a teenager to say it's good to ask questions. It's good to say, why? Why do we do this? Why? Why did God do this? What is the meaning behind this? And so parents encourage your teens questions teens ask questions you know when you leave a, a sermon on sunday morning don't just walk out confused 
because we're, you know, sometimes we're confusing. We admit it, okay? We don't always get it right 100% of the time. Sometimes when you're preaching, it's like so clear in your mind. I was sharing this with a group of guys. They're like, do you, do you get response? I'm like, oh yeah. Sometimes I'll be preaching and I'll look out and I'll notice a bunch of heads doing this. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay, I'm being, and I'm trying to think like, what am I saying right now? What did I just say that was confusing? And I look back at my notes and there was one time I was tired and I was like, okay, let's say this another way. Let's try this again. And I tried it another way and I looked out and there was one guy that he went. (laughs) And I was like, all right, they got it. All right, I clarified, you know, that's so helpful. But, uh, you know, when you leave a sermon, it's okay to say, Hey, this point, when he said this, is that biblical, you know? Is that, was that what the text is trying to say? How do I apply this to my life? It's great to ask questions to remember what God is teaching you. So, all this to say, this is kind of our model for youth ministry. Our, our model, we, we pray and we hope, is informed. Uh, people will ask me at times, you know, why? and there's a ton of studies coming out right ministry. And first of all, that's a mind. So why don't we have tradition? You ask that question. Because I'm like, tradition or pet peeve youth ministry that started in the 1960s? Like, is that traditional? Or you mean like youth ministry that's been going on for 2,000 years? What, what's traditional to you? That's kind of an arrogant way to answer that. But that's how I think. Uh, but th- there's just so many books I've read that say, you know, tradition, which I'm not saying is wrong, it's not sinful. But when we pull away teens from parents, it's not always bearing the fruit that we hope. And our mission as a youth ministry is we want to build teens into parents. Because you're doing 99% of the pray for you and counsel. I mean, we come alongside you and we get to preach God's out. That's the vision of Deuteronomy. Counsel you, but really lies. And as you go about the way and as you're driving me six, when you lie, and as you're eating dinner together, I mean, you have... Hundreds of opportunities every week to instill in teens this love for God and this God-centered worldview. And and I come in once a month at Relay, and I want to build your teens' faith and say, this is who God is, and this is true worldview, but you're doing most of the work. So our vision is we want to encourage your relationship. We want you playing together and laughing together and having discussion afterwards about God's word and praying together. And we don't want to view it families apart. We want to build you together. And the relay is, is, is uh, you know, of your life is our youth ministry. So we have this little there's a yellow line where we're doing this relay race. And it's a long race around this track of a lifetime. And man, relay is, we have this calling of this little window. When you're passing the baton of the gospel from one generation to the next. And I just want to come alongside and I want, to, I want to help you, you know, run with, with all the, your, your strength as fast as you can. And I want to help the teens to reach back and to grab the gospel. And I don't want to be like the Chinese women's relay race, you know, where we're confused. Pass the baton and we're, we don't know what to do. I want to help you into the next. So it's how we do on of the gospel. For why we, we want you participating in church life. Do our calendar and community groups. We want to build you into the church. I read one book on a biblical theology of youth ministry, and I love the way he said it. He said, you know, youth ministry is for teens. So I would say relay is for teens. The family, your family is for life. And the ch- what we're doing here at Relay, is just, it's just for these few years. 
It's for the teens. It's for the teen years. Your family is for life. And I want to build your family and build you into your family. And then the church is for eternity. We want to bring from into the church. We want you in the life of the church. Walk through things. And, you know, older adults, senior perspective, and gone through suffering. And they can help you with it, pulling you away from the church and just being together. My heart is, I want to build you into the church. There's so many wise, godly people. I want you to be around them. I want you to enjoy them and to fellowship with them. So I know for the teens, there's times you're like, man, we just like to be together as teens all the time. And I I get that. I love you guys do that. But what we're trying to accomplish is a bigger mission. We're trying to get the gospel passed from one generation to the next. So that's why we do the things we do. So what I want to finish with tonight is I just want to spend some time in prayer. Maybe four to five minutes, not a long time, but I'm not going to give you a lot of detail. Parents and teens, if your parents aren't here, just jump into a family that brought you or a family that's near you, or you can jump in with a member of our A-team who are kind of scattered around. Some of them have to go help get snacks ready, but if they're around you, you can jump in with them. But parents, I want to encourage you to pray for your teens Uh, Pray for their faith. Pray for them receiving. Pray things that you're thinking for them, that you want to see God do in in their lives through the teen years. And then teens, I want you to pray for your parents. I want you to pray that they wouldn't forget what God has done for them. I want you to pray for them, that they would do a good job passing the gospel to you. I want you to thank God for them. Thank God for the providing for you and teaching you about God. So let's spend a few minutes just in prayer together as families, and then I'm going to come up, I'll close us in prayer, and then I'll give us some instruction for the, the fun we're going to have tonight afterwards, okay? So you can go ahead and just dive into praying.